Good morning everyone on this first Sunday after Christmas Day. Over Christmas I've been thinking about my grandmother who'd lived to a good old age. She was in her 90s uh, before she died and we all loved her dearly. Towards the end of her life she'd got to the point where buying Christmas presents for her friends and family had got a bit too much for her. So she wrote a number of cheques to put in their Christmas cards, and it was in the days when we still wrote cheques. And in each card she carefully wrote, buy your own present. And then she sent them all off. And after all the Christmas festivities were over, she was tidying up. She found all the cheques still under a pile of papers on her desk which meant that everybody on her present list had received a lovely Christmas card from her with buy your own present written inside but without the cheques. I'm sure that was a Christmas they would all remember. The very first Christmas was long remembered too by another group by the shepherds. We can't imagine Christmas without the shepherds. But what I'd like to know is what happened to the shepherds after Christmas. We can be fairly certain about what happened to the others. There weren't that many there, of course, but just enough to represent the whole of humanity. And we know what happened to some of them. Mary and Joseph, for instance. They were what we'd call perhaps naturally religious people. And there are some of those in every generation. Devout, unwavering in their faith. We know what happened to Mary and Joseph after Christmas. They stayed with Jesus right up to the end. And there are many who will come to Bethlehem, but who won't go further, and certainly won't go as far as Calvary. But Mary did, and we can be sure that Joseph stayed beside her as long as he lived. Mary looked after Jesus, cared for Jesus after the joy of his birth, and she was still there loving him and at the sorrow of his crucifixion. So we know what happened to Mary and Joseph, and there are always some people whose behaviour we can predict. Their goodness is kind of fixed and settled. We know how they will react in given situations. We can usually tell what the truly devoted will do. Bethlehem and Calvary are all one to them. Yes, we know what happened to Mary and Joseph after Christmas. We can be fairly certain what happened to the three wise men. The wise men were what we might call professional religious teachers, and there are always some of those in every generation. They're just naturally interested in religious questions. Generally speaking, they are no better and no worse than those who are not interested in religion at all. They give their lives to the study of religions, they research it, they read about it, sometimes they try to live it. But mainly they talk about it, making their living at it. It's their profession after all. And so we can be fairly certain what happened to the wise men. They probably went back home and wrote up their experience and got it published. They'd lecture about it, give talks to the Women's Fellowship or the WI. They'd read papers about it at conferences and even be interviewed on television. But what happened to the shepherds? That's what I'd like to know. After all, they were the biggest group standing around the stable. They were the ordinary people, the working people, neither particularly devout nor particularly interested in religion, working people with little time to spare for such things. 
Shepherds are usually very busy earning their living, often away from home, and then enjoying themselves with what little spare time they have. We can be fairly certain how they behaved in Bethlehem. They'd stand around at the back of the stable, the way some people tend to do at baptisms and weddings, feeling maybe slightly awkward, a little out of place, and perhaps nipping out occasionally for a quick smoke. Perhaps they were impressed in spite of themselves, made uneasy by the sense that there was something going on here which was very special, something they ought to be paying attention to because it was mysteriously important. And I'd like to think that at least one of the shepherds was permanently affected by this night and that he stood strong and grieving with that group at Calvary a lifetime later, grieving for the babe he saw born the night he watched in the fields over Bethlehem. I'd like to think that, and maybe it's true of one of them. But I suspect it wasn't true for many of them, because I think I know what happened to the shepherds after Christmas, because it happens year after year to some of us. After the temporary excitement and charm of it all, we tend to return to our average ways, remaining untouched and unchanged. Bethlehem's very nice once a year, but we're too busy and too booked up to go any further. But why? Why is it so easy to remain unchanged and uninvolved? After all, we're not talking about some harmless and irrelevant interest or hobby which has its own own little band of enthusiasts here. We're actually talking about God. God whom one day we will all meet with unavoidable finality. And of all things, then, why is it so easy to be like the shepherds? Why is it so easy to live our lives as if the only thing that matters because it holds all other matters in being, doesn't matter very much at all. And the answer's quite simple. Is there, do you think, anything more helpless than a newborn baby? Well, one thing perhaps, a man nailed to a cross. And yet this is how God comes to us, in helplessness. He doesn't confront us with incontestable power. He presents himself in weakness and in silence. But why does he make it so hard and difficult for us? A baby in a manger? A man on a cross? It's because he will not force us. He wants us to recognise him and respond to him by our own free choice of love. And because he's so quiet, it's easy to overlook him. Day after day he lays before us quiet and undemanding signs of his presence wanting us to stay long enough to recognise him and go to him at last. And most of the time we don't notice, rush past. But here at Christmas time we're given another opportunity to meet him. Like the shepherds, we come again to the Christmas story, as we always do. We come perhaps because of the well-known readings or the dearly loved carols which we're not able to sing this year. Or perhaps some unbidden prompting brings us again this Christmas time, almost in spite of ourselves. So I wonder what will happen to us after Christmas. Will tomorrow and the days after engulf us all too soon and obliterate the memory of that unguarded moment just inside the shadow by the stable door? Or will this Christmas time, will there be an awakening, a moment of recognition? Will we go on with him beyond the carols, beyond Christmas, 
I hope so, for time's getting on. But please remember the stable is always open. All are welcome and always will be. For God is for life and not just for Christmas. So as we gaze on all those gathered in and around the stable, animals, wise men, angels, Mary and Joseph, shepherds and the Christ child, with this motley crew, dare I say, is there anybody who is excluded from the love of God as revealed in this tiny child? As I imagine all of you listening to this broadcast, I can't think of anybody at all. All are welcome. All are loved. So that's why I wish you all a very happy Christmas and in these difficult times, a peaceful and holy new year. <laughs> 